You reveal the actual meaning of everything. You are the all-pervading sky within and without, and you are the ultimate goal of all pious activities executed both within this material world and beyond it. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances again and again unto you. I'll read one more time. My dear Lord, by expanding your transcendental vibrations, you reveal the actual meaning of everything. You are the all-pervading sky within and without and you are the ultimate goal of pious activities executed both within this material world and beyond it. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances again and again unto you. So, support by Vedic evidence is called Shabda Brahma. There are many things which are beyond the perception of our imperfect senses, yet the authoritative evidence of sound vibration is perfect. The Vedas are known as Shabda Brahma 
because evidence taken from the Vedas constitutes the ultimate understanding. This is because Shabda Brahma or the Vedas represents the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is an important point. This is because Shabda Brahma or the Vedas represents the Supreme Personality of Godhead. However, the real essence of Shabda Brahma is the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra. By vibrating this transcendental sound, the meaning of everything, both material and spiritual, is revealed. Very important point. Hmm? By vibrating this transcendental sound, which is Hare Krishna Mahamantra, everything, both material and that which is beyond, that is both material and spiritual, are revealed simply by chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra. This Hare Krishna is no different from personality of Godhead. The meaning of everything is received through the air, through sound vibration. The vibration may be material or spiritual, but without sound vibration, no one can understand the meaning of anything. In the Vedas, it is said, Andar Bhishchata Sarvam Vyaya Narayana Titaha. Narayan is all pervading and he exists both within and without. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 1334. O son of Bharata, as sun alone illuminates all this universe, so do the living entity and the, and the super soul illuminate the entire body by consciousness. In other words, the consciousness of both the soul and super soul is all pervading. The limited consciousness of the living entity is pervading the entire material body. And the supreme consciousness of the Lord is pervading the entire universe. Because the soul is present within the body, consciousness pervades the entire body. Similarly, because the supreme soul of Krishna is present within this universe, Everything is working in order. The material nature is working under my direction, O son of Kunti, and it is producing all moving and non-unmoving beings. Lord Shiva is therefore praying to the personality of Godhead to be kind to us so that simply by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra we can understand everything in both the material and spiritual worlds. The word Amushmai is significant in this regard because it indicates the best target one can aim for after attaining the higher planetary systems. Those who are engaged in fruitive activities, karmis, attain the higher planetary systems as a result of their pious past activities and the jnanis who seek Unification or a monistic merging with the effulgence of the Supreme Lord also attain the desired end. But in the ultimate issue, the devotee who desire to personally associate with the Lord are promoted to the Vaikuntaloka or Goloka Vrindavan. The Lord is described in Bhagavad Gita 10.12 as Pavitram Paramam, the Supreme Pure. This is also confirmed in this verse. Shivadev Goswami has stated that the cowherd boys who played with Lord Krishna were not ordinary living entities. Only after, after accumulating many pious activities in various births, 
does one get the opportunity to personally associate with the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Since only the pure can reach Him, He is the Supreme Pure. Om Jnana Timirantasya Jnana Jnashalakaya Chakshukun Militam Yenatasmai Shri Purvetamaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Ishtam Stavitam Yenabhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuta Padagamadam श्री गुरु वैष्णवांशा श्री रूपम सागरजातम सहगनारकुनाधान्यतम तम सजीवम साधुयतम सावधुतम परिजनसहितम कृष्णजयतन्यदेवम श्री राधा कृष्णपादान सहगनारलिता श्री विशाखान्यतांशा हे कृष्णा करुणासिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पदे गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्तकांचना गोरांगी राधे वंदा वनिश्री प्रशमानु सुते देवी प्रणमामी हरि प्रिये वांचकल्पतरुभेशा कृपासिंधुभेय वचा कविताना पावनिद्यो वैष्णवेद्यो नमो Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shri Vasadigora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama the most auspicious day because today is the appearance day of Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada Ki! So today is the one, one, two, three as a speciality. What is one, two, three? One twenty-third birth anniversary of our beloved founder Acharya. And today we celebrate Shri Vyas Puja. Vyas Puja means we are seeing Srila Prabhupada as the representative of Srila Vyas Dev. He is Vyas Dev for us. Why is it so? Vyasa means to explain. So in Shiva Bhagavatam it is mentioned Tasyeva Vyasa Michami Nyadamte Bhagavan Yatha. Tasyeva Vyasa Michami is from the 6th canto of Srimad Bhagavan 4th chapter, verse number 2. That is, Shivadeva Goswami, Maharaj Parikshit is requesting, I would like to know more about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vyasa Michami. So I want to know more about the Supreme Lord. We need the explanation, we need the purport to the Vedic literature. To Srimad Bhagavatam, to Bhagavad Gita, to all other Vedic literature. So, Vyasadeva expanded and explained all the Vedic literature. The Vedas, he compiled, he wrote Puranas, he wrote Brahmasutra, etc. So, he explained the Vedic literature. Similarly, when it comes to today, 
Who has done that? Srila Prabhupada has done that. Whatever Vyasadeva had written, he further explained for the current day civilization. Because we don't have sufficient intelligence to understand those ancient Sanskrit writings and come to the right conclusions and apply in our day-to-day -day life. Because even if we give this explanation, still people can get bewildered. After reading, even devotees, oh, is that written in the books? No, do we really have to practice? So this is our situation. So if the whole text is presented in Sanskrit, and that too not with proper translation and explanation, what is the hope for us to understand about the devotional process, which is Guhyam, which is secret. Raja Guhyam, it is the king of secrets. It's an open secret. Everything is present, but there is no access without a bona fide representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Today, I was thinking about today's verse. It is such an arrangement of the Supreme Lord that in this verse, it is talking about by expanding your transcendental vibrations, you reveal the actual meaning of everything. The whole purport is talking about the importance of chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra. It is talking about the importance of the Vedic scriptures. And Srila Prabhupada came to explain this Vedic literature. So see, Krishna has made the arrangement in this purport. It could have been any other words for today, but it happened that it is exactly presenting the purpose behind Srila Prabhupada's appearance. That is very amazing. And interestingly, Prabhupada couple of times mentioned the same purport. Hare Krishna Mahamantra is no different from Krishna and by chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra one can understand bo everything both material and spiritual. It's a big statement. Right? Just by chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra one can understand everything both material and spiritual. It is a reality because it is coming from a realized soul. It is just like the statement of Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. In the second chapter, Krishna says, By hearing this knowledge, there is nothing else to be known. Everything is there. Asheshataha means complete. Shesha means something is left behind. Asheshataha, nothing is left behind. Whatever I speak, it is complete. Similarly, Srila Prabhupada has given everything. And this purport is such a wonderful purport because it has everything. That is the speciality of Srila Prabhupada's purports. I used to think when I started reading Srila Prabhupada's purport, why Prabhupada is repeating the same points? The reality is in Kaliga we don't have time. Even if you pick up and read any purport, the conclusions are present in even in one purport. It's not like going round and round about. There are commentators who give purport to similar some verses in Bhagavad Gita and it will not touch the reality, it will not touch the truth, it goes in circles. One such commentator in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, you know, you might have read about how a yogi meditates, right? A yogi goes to the forest to seclusion and meditates and there is the whole description of Chailas Chaila Arjuna Kushottaram. How he sits? There has to be a cloth, there has to be a kusha grass, and then sit on top of that. So there's a whole explanation is there. 
one of the commentators he gave the entire purport of the kushagras so not touching kushagras okay kushagras is used for the worship but the entire purpose is to focus on krishna the actual purpose is lost and the whole explanation became how to sit on a kushagras and the importance of kushagras this is how even if you pick the vedic literature if one doesn't have the right consciousness one cannot see the reality so sila prabhupad has given everything so even in one purport everything is present and to glorify this hari krishna mahamantra sila prabhupad established this is called society to glorify krishna to propagate hari krishna mahamantra that's why sila prabhupad want to know our society in name of krishna and he was so happy that we are known as the hari krishnas or hares or the krishnas whatever but everything connected to our mantras so this is such an amazing thing that sila prabhupad came delivered the entire literature to propagate this mantra and we can see that is reflected in this purport hmm? it's mentioned in commentaries of acharyas that the pure devotion is coming from the heart of a pure devotee it's not possible for the pure bhakti to appear in this world from any other source it has to come from the heart of a pure devotee even krishna himself doesn't do directly krishna empowers his representatives to distribute this knowledge to distribute this mercy so if you see iskon iskon is coming from the pure devotion of shila prabhupada iskon is coming from the heart of shila prabhupada so that's the reality because that is prabhupada knew what exactly to do if you read through we can see how prabhupada exactly knew what to do how to propagate his mission his mission was there in his heart it was so clear yesterday i was thinking i spent few hours thinking about shila prabhupada reading about him so it was an amazing meditation seeing prabhupada how he was so absorbed for so many decades preparing to start this mission preparing himself as a grahastha as a family man running business etc he was so absorbed thinking about this and shila prabhupada himself says is god is coming from the heart of shila prabhupada the next he says why krishna appeared paritranaya sadhuna vinashaya cha dushkarta he wanted to give krishna appears to give protection to the devotees and to annihilate the miscreants that is the purpose of incarnation of krishna and shila prabhupada says is god is doing the same purpose whatever krishna appeared for for the same purpose is god is standing so prabhupada says is god is an like incarnation Krishna is like an incarnation of Krishna because doing the same purpose. And another purpose, Shri Prabhupada makes a very interesting point. This is very connected to yesterday. That is yesterday is Krishna Krishna Janmashtami, Krishna Tapirans Day. So there, the tenth canto, we hear that Krishna came from the womb of Mother Devaki. He says that now Krishna. is coming from iskon so iskon is acting as the womb just like the womb of mother devaki 
So Prabhupada uses ISKCON and he connects to Krishna in different ways, in different places. And it is a very interesting meditation. And we can clearly see how by associating with ISKCON, the Hare Krishna movement, everyone knows about Krishna. And Krishna manifests in everyone's heart. We chant Krishna's name very naturally. So to understand ISKCON, one has to understand Srila Prabhupada. Because of all these reasons, you want to understand what is ISKCON? We have to understand Srila Prabhupada. Without that, it is impossible to understand anything about this You To understand the mood, to understand the mission, how to act, etc. <laughs> so this is so significant. If you see the life of Srila Prabhupada, one point I was thinking. We know Srila Prabhupada is a pure devotee. He is a Nitya Siddha. He is eternally perfect. He was chosen by Lord Sri Krishna to come and propagate pure devotion service. However, his preaching attempts were not always successful. Just like an ordinary person tries again and again. Srila Prabhupada, he tried again and again. We can see his life in India. He was constantly trying to establish Krishna Consciousness Movement in different ways. First I will speak about one of the interesting ad that he gave in the newspaper. He, he had only little money because his business was not successful. And he wanted some people to join him. So he wanted young men to join him. And he wanted to train them up. With the little money that he had, he gave an ad in the newspaper. So he mentioned in this that those who would like to be trained as a Vaishnava, please contact me. Boarding and food is provided for free. <laughs> so he, he actually, you know, think about it. A person who wants to propagate this mission, he's giving an ad in the newspaper. Who wants whoever wants to join me can join me. Okay, shelter is provided, food is provided, I will train you up to become a pure devotee. Bold, bold mission if you think about it. <laughs> Do you ever think to write, you know, give an ad, okay, whoever wants to join us, okay, join us. No, Prabhupada did that and there were no takers for this. <laughs> Not even one person responded for this. So, what can you do? No one came. And after that, after some time, because now, he, you know, he was staying here and there, you know, he, he was practically homeless. He left the home, he was in Vrindavan for some time, he is going here, there, staying with his godbrothers, he didn't have a place to stay. And then when he got some accommodation temporarily, he gave another ad in the newspaper. Know Bhagavad Gita, learn Bhagavad Gita and be a strong man. Prabhupada said, I am giving home lessons. So whoever wants can contact me, they can come. So it's not, you don't have to commit yourself, it's just like a course. You can come home, you can understand Bhagavad Gita and be a strong man. Definitely no one responded to this invitation. You see, Prabhupada was keep trying. And then we know how he tried to establish the League of Devotees in Jhansi. About two years he spent with the League of Devotees. And it wasn't successful. Finally, he, was, you know, he got a place and then finally he couldn't actually continue with that place. 
it was mentioned that Prabhupada went to Vrindavan and then met with his sannyas guru Keshav, Keshav Maharaj and went back to Jansi to make a final decision whether to continue on that property for his mission or not. Keshav Maharaj thought it's not a good idea to continue there because it's a remote place and what's the point starting a mission in such a remote corner of India? No one will know about it. Meanwhile, the property had almost gone from the hands because some of the, some of the ladies, they influenced the owner and they wanted to start some women's society or something like that. So they, they, were all, they had already decided to kick Shilpa out from that place. It didn't work. Then Prabhupada's mission, eventually we can see Prabhupada started writing, he started publishing Back to God magazines and it was a struggle. Even to publish Back to God, God magazine was a struggle, he didn't have money to do that. He was struggling. And he was the publisher, he was the author, he was the publisher and he was the distributor. All done by one person. And you know, we know what happened you know, in Delhi, the scorching heat of Delhi, how he was, you know, struck by a bull and you know, the whole commotion. The place that Srila had to go to all this, but still, he kept going. This is amazing. Keep trying, kept trying all the time. Then he finally he completed the three volume Shiva Bhagavatam Canto 1. So that was a, another success. And he got it published. Afterwards, he could who unveil this book. I think Lal Bahadur Shastri, right? So he, he, reached, he reached up to uh, the leaders of the society. He wrote a letter to Mahatma Gandhi. That was an amazing letter. Just before he got assassinated, that it is better you retire from <laughs> the active politics and focus on God consciousness. Otherwise, you will have your, you know, you will have to meet with an inauspicious death. He was writing a letter to Mahatma Gandhi. He didn't get any response from that, but in a few days' time or so, he got assassinated. So you know, he was trying to reach out to people. Then we know. He wrote a letter to Nehru to help in his mission. Of course, he didn't get any response. He met, okay, Lalbhadu Shafi, he unveiled the book. Then he personally met with uh, Indira Gandhi, but it, you know, he couldn't speak to Indira Gandhi much about Krishna consciousness because she was very, in a very fearful condition because there were uh, death threats to her. So she couldn't, you know, she couldn't focus. So Shilapur didn't speak too much. So this was it. He was trying, he was trying various means to spread Krishna consciousness. As here in this interesting pastime that he wanted to go to, of course, he wanted to go to America. And finally, Sumati Moraji, she organized the ticket in the cargo ship. So we know that. So I was reading this pastime recollection from uh, Sumati Moraji. She was mentioning that Sumati Maharaj had already met Srila Prabhupada before. Before Srila Prabhupada went and approached her, in Kurikshetra, Srila Prabhupada went for pilgrimage and he was a sadhu, a sannyasi. He was sitting in a corner and he was chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Very dedicated, very absorbed. That time, Sumati Maharaj, she came along and paid obeisance to Srila Prabhupada and asked for blessings. So Srila Prabhupada gave her blessings. And that, so there was already a connection and Prabhupada didn't know. And Prabhupada then approached Sumati Maharaji and first asked to help in printing the books and later to help to go to America. So there was already a connection. 
so that we can see Sumati Maharaj already got that blessing from Srila Prabhupada and that's why she got that opportunity to serve Srila Prabhupada and now she is very glorious otherwise how many people would have known about Sumati Maharaji the honor of in her Sindhya shipping company now all throughout this country, there are movies about her because she got connected to Srila Prabhupada she got the blessing of Srila Prabhupada and eventually she was able to serve Srila Prabhupada in a nice way it's all to glorify Srila Prabhupada actually one could ask why Krishna didn't make an arrangement for Srila Prabhupada to fly to America or arrange a nicer ship to go to America why a cargo ship why he had to go through all these sufferings just like Bhishmadev talks about the Khandavas you know why what an injustice how can we see this injustice happening to pure devotees Vishwada is talking about Pandava. Similarly, how can such injustice, unfair treatment by Krishna for his pure devotees? The purpose is Krishna wanted to glorify his pure devotees. That he can go through such situations, still be completely Krishna conscious and in that situation, such a pure devotee can glorify Krishna and can spread the message throughout the world. So it is Krishna's arrangement, but it is on the ground level, it's not so easy. Prabhupada had to go through different attempts, different preaching attempts and different failures still moving ahead. And after reaching America also, of course, he went through his health crisis, couple of heart attacks on the ship. And after reaching there, it wasn't easy. He would think, he tried in different ways. He did some outreach programs, even when he was in uh, Pennsylvania Butler, right? In Pennsylvania, he was going some universities, some hall programs. He was trying different things, distributing different books. Even after going to uh, New York, still different attempts. As mentioned, initially he used to go back and see when is the next ship back home. Whether to go back after one month, okay, maybe after one month, maybe maybe after another month. So there was constant trials to make it successful. There is a human side to it. It's not so easy. It's not like, you know, Krishna gave everything in the plate straight away. No, he was trying again and again and again. And that is very inspirational for us. Srila Prabhupada had such a deep sadhana. Deep sadhana. And such a deep devotional mood. As a pure devotee, we can see such a deep devotional mood. I was reading this pastime, a recollection by, by Hridayananda Baba from Vrindavan. He, he, he used to, he, he is a resident of Vrindavan. He was living in Vrindavan for many years. And Srila Prabhupada was rather recent to live in Vrindavan. So he used to hear a person, somebody crying, actually, loudly. He's calling out. So, you know, hey Sanatan, hey Rupa, like that. He's, somebody is calling out. He was thinking, what's really happening? Somebody is crying. So one night, Hridayanta Baba, he climbed up and he was seeing the courtyard of the Samadhi of Rupa Goswami and he saw Srila Prabhupada was, had a small broom and he was just sweeping and he was just crying, begging for mercy from Rupa Goswami. Or Rupa Goswami, be kind to me, give me mercy to fulfill your mission. He was just literally crying then. Then, at that time, when the Baba, he had, he, you know, he was very much moved 
by the deep mood of Srila Prabhupada and he wanted to serve him. So Baba, he went to Srila Prabhupada's room when he was not there and he started cleaning his room, Srila Prabhupada's room. He went, this is such a small room, you can go visit. And he started cleaning the room and there was uh, the cowherbs were there. So he was cleaning that, he cleaned everything. And as he cleaned everything, Srila Prabhupada came to the room, his room. So Shilpa said, what have you done? So Babaji said, I have for you, it was unclean, I cleaned everything. So he saw the spiders were running and just going. So Shilpa said, what have you done? We are new to Vrindavan. He said to the Babaji, we are new to Vrindavan. But the spider and its ancestors, they have lived in Vrindavan for such a long time. For, from, for lineages, they are living in Vrindavan. So we are new to this place, but they are not new to this place. So you shouldn't have disturbed them, the spiders. You know. This was the mood of Srila Prabhupada in Vrindavan. Can you see the absorption in Krishna in Vrindavan? This is, this is the depth of Srila Prabhupada. We can only see, one side we see success, but at the same time, that devotion Srila Prabhupada had. Oh, it was, you know, we cannot really think genuinely having such kind of a devotional mood just to a spider. We know the pastime in Advaita Bhavan, right? Have you heard this pastime? Of this pujari, the recollection of a pujari from the Advaita Bhavan. Briefly I'll tell this pastime where Srila Prabhupada, this pujari, he is living in Advaita Bhavan in Mayapur. One day he approached the temple, Srila Prabhupada's temple and you know, he, he was telling, I know, I know this person who referred to Srila Prabhupada. Because years back, few years back, he used to come very regularly from Calcutta. He was a grihastha, he used to wear white dhoti kurta, he used to sit in one corner, he used to just chant, chant and chant. Nothing, just chant so deeply. And he was simply begging for mercy. And he would go back, back in after a week or two, he would again come back, sit in Advaita Bhavan, again beg for mercy of Advaita Acharya. Because Advaita Acharya, he was one of the reasons for Lord Chaitanya's appearance in this world. He, he cried out to the Lord because the world is getting so degraded. We need your mercy, your personal appearance to deliver this conditioned source. He was worshipping Sadhana Shila with Ganges water and Tulsi because he read this verse in the Puranas that if you worship the Lord simply with Ganges water and Tulsi we can purchase the Lord. So he was requesting I will purchase the Lord by worshipping Him with pure heart. In that way. So, Srila Prabhupada was praying to Adhita Acharya for mercy. And finally, he, one day he said, I am going and I want to fulfill the mission of my spiritual master. That was the only thing he had in his mind. So later, he found out that was Srila Prabhupada. He came successful with all his disciples. Now as a sannyasi, with many disciples all around the world, coming to Mayapur. So this is amazing how Srila Prabhupada was so absorbed in sadhana. That's the reason Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, he made the statement, his Guru Maharaj, he made the statement, when Koshi in Vrindavan, they had this yatra where all disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj came and they had the whole parikram. Every day there were discourses by Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj 
and Shri Prabhupada, there was a choice given, you know, go and see what the Sheshashai, Sheshashai Vishnu temple, you can go there or you can listen the final address by Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj. So most of the people went to see Sheshashai Vishnu, the big temple, where Srila Prabhupada chose to stay back and listen from his spiritual master. Srila Prabhupada recollects, he says that, I thought, anytime I can go and visit this temple, but to hear from my spiritual master, it's a very rare opportunity. So he said, okay, I will listen from my spiritual master rather than going to the temple. And Bhaktivedanta Maharaj, he recollects when he was recommended for initiation. I have marked him. He listened and he didn't go away. So, you know, that is the quality of Srila Prabhupada. So Prabhupada Bhaktivedanta was very pleased. And Bhaktivedanta Maharaj, he himself predicted about Srila Prabhupada. In one lecture, towards the end of his life, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj was giving a lecture and it was a big, there was a big crowd and Bhaktivedanta Maharaj was delivering this lecture and he was staring at one person very intensely. So this is a, a remembrance from one of the disciples of Bhaktivedanta Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada's god brother. So he, he was thinking, you know, why my Guru Maharaj is staring at me very intensely? Then he realized, no, no, he's not staring at me. He's staring at a person behind me. Sometimes it happens, right? And if you ask a question, you look behind you. Know, is it to me? So he was thinking, why my guru is looking at me so intensely? So Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj was intensely looking at Srila Prabhupada. Now Agrasta, you know, is not so a non-personality at that point. And then Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, he said, he said, however long in the future it may be, one of my disciples will cross the ocean and bring the whole world to Mayapur. So this was the prediction. Bhaktisiddhanta, he, he didn't tell any name or anything, but he looked at Prabhupada so intensely. After that he said, one of my disciples will cross the ocean and bring the whole world to Mayapur. So this is Bhaktisiddhanta knew. And of course, we know Prabhupada himself tells in many times, and especially in 1976 in Vrindavan, in order to Room conversations, he said, regarding the, regarding the Bombay mud. Bombay, they were trying to establish the mud, the Gaudiya mud. And Srila Prabhupada was doing everything to establish the mud, raising the funds and helping his godbrothers to get a place to staff a temple, etc. He helped with everything. So his godbrothers, they recommended, okay, let Srila Prabhupada, Abhay Babu, Abhay Babu should be the dead temple president. Because he has done everything, so he can manage the temple also. Bhaktivedanta Maharaj said, no. Let him be separate. When the time comes, he will do everything. So, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj is Guru, he knew, he knew about Srila Prabhupada. You know, from the first instruction, we know, the first instruction, you know, go to the English-speaking countries and preach the message of Lord Chaitanya. The first instruction. We know the last instruction. Right. Last instruction that Srila Prabhupada received before Bhaktivedanta Maharaj departed. He wrote a letter, how can I serve you? Because I am not a renunciant, I am not a sannyasi, I am not a brahmachari. All of them are serving you very nicely. But I, am, I have my business, I have my family, how can I serve you? Again, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj before departing gave the same message. That go to the English speaking countries and spread the message of Lord Chaitanya. 
that will be the best for you as well as best for the rest of the world. So that became his life's mission. And of course, we know the prediction from Lojandas Thakur, Mora Senapati Bhakta, that is my Senapati general. My general will catch people if sinful people try to escape from religious principles and run away, but my Senapati Bhakta, my general will go and capture everyone. That's why we are here. We are sitting here because of Shiv Prabhupada, he is a Senapati Bhakta. We all try to run away from religious principles. We don't want to follow. Then Prabhupada and Prabhupada's representative, they are catching us. And that's how we start our Krishna consciousness. So if you see Srila Prabhupada in the context of the entire parampara, his presentation is so significant. Vyasadev has written Srimad Bhagavatam. And but Time and time, again and again, this knowledge is lost and Krishna sends his representatives to re-establish these teachings. So for us, we can see how Srila Prabhupada came and delivered this knowledge. In fact, Srila Prabhupada said, this is a conversation between, I think, Rameshwar Prabhu and Srila Prabhupada and the press reporter. The press reporter asked Srila Prabhupada, uh, did you write this book, Krishna book? It was about Krishna book. Prabhupada said, no, I wrote it, but Krishna was dictating this book. I just simply wrote it. Krishna was dictating and I was just writing it. So, Rameshwar Prabhu, he tried to correct the situation, which is not proper. He said, no, what Prabhupada meant is, Krishna inspired him to write. And Shiva Prabhupada said, no, Krishna personally dictated this Krishna book and I simply wrote it. So, Ramachandra was bewildered and the press reporter as well. <laughs> so, that's a reality. So, Prabhupada was in Krishna. And another time, Prabhupada himself personally told that I shouldn't have come here because he was quarantined one time. Uh, he didn't have that letter that he in the yellow fever. So, he was quarantined and he told Harishwari Prabhu that, you know, I shouldn't have come here. So, where I shouldn't have come here? Because to this airport, or you know, what's going on? So Prabhupada said, no, I shouldn't have come here. Then Prabhupada said, no, I shouldn't have come to this material world. Can you see a different perspective altogether? <laughs> we say, you know, I shouldn't have come to Australia, to Melbourne, or India, whatever. We think like that. But Prabhupada said, I shouldn't have come to this material world. But Krishna asked me, Krishna asked me to go. And just you, Krishna said, you simply go and write about me. Rest, I will take it. This is Prabhupada. His whole appearance is to write books about Krishna and propagate. That's all. Then Krishna take care because Krishna and writings about Krishna are no different. Krishna and the mantra, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, no different. Abhinatam Nam There's no difference between the name and one who possesses that name. Because this is spiritual, this is completely transcendental. Uh, in one conversation, Harishwari uh, Prabhu, he was, he was servant of Srila Prabhupada. Harishwari Prabhu, he recollects, he spoke about this here also in Melbourne. Um, one time he was massaging Srila Prabhupada, and at the end of the massage, he asked, it was a very intimate moment. 
between Harishari Prabhu and Srila Prabhupada. So Srila Harishari Prabhu wanted to ask, confirm, he wanted a confirmation from Srila Prabhupada. So he asked, Harishari Prabhu asked Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada, uh, I have heard that you got the personal darshan of Sri Rupa and Sanatan Goswamis. So Prabhupada, he didn't want to completely admit. He said, oh, everyone know, everyone knows about it. That was an answer. Everyone knows about it. And he didn't speak any further. Then the, one of these mats in Dhatadamadar Mandir, one of the Goswamis, he, he, he mentioned Gopal Chand. He was a, now he's a grown-up man, he's a Gopal Chand, he's a Goswami. You know, he's a, a priest. When he was a young boy, he used to be with Srila Prabhupada. Because he was a young boy and the family who is looking after the temple and in that temple Srila Prabhupada is residing in a small room as you know, Rathadam was the temple. So this Gopalchan, this boy, he used to steal money from the hundi. <laughs> you know, the donation box, hundi means the donation box. Young boy, so he used to, because he's the son of the priest, he used to just go, like take out some money and he, want, he would go and buy some sweets. So he used to do that. And Srila Prabhupada, he is a great observant of everything. He can catch anything. He caught him. He said, you know, <laughs> don't steal money of Krishna. So he said, you know, I, I am stealing money to eat some sweets. So Srila Prabhupada said, don't worry, I will make sweets and give to you. So he used to give. Prabhupada used to make sweets and give to this boy. He said, don't steal Krishna's property. So Gopal Chand, he had a very good connection with Srila Prabhupada. He used to serve Srila Prabhupada. And his mother would cook prasadam and would give Gopal Chand then gave to Srila Prabhupada. So he used to do that. So there was a bond between this boy and Srila Prabhupada. And the, if you go to Rathalamadar Mandir Vrindavan, to enter to the temple, there is a big gate, right? It's a big wooden, huge door. If you close it, no one can go in and out. It's really big. It is well protected. So one night, Srila Prabhupada was very sick, cold, and you know he was feeling very tired. And he was very, very down. And he, he said, he told Gopal Chand, you know, I don't want to eat anything. So as usual, the family closed the temple. So no one can come inside, it's locked. And that night, this family, both Gopal Chand, both Gopal Chand and his parents, he, they heard a very rich, deep voice coming from Srila Prabhupada's room. They were wondering what's happening. And they could see some effulgent light coming underneath the door as well. So they were wondering who is there in this middle of the night, nobody is here and what's really going on. The next day morning they approached Srila Prabhupada and asked, what happened? We saw, we heard something and we saw some effulgence. Then Srila Prabhupada said, yes, Jirupa and Sanatan, the Goswamis, they came in front of me and I asked for blessings. And they said, you simply write these books and the whole parampara is behind you. You take this book and you write, you publish and we are all behind you. We will help in all different ways that this message can be propagated throughout the world. So they had this darshan, this vision of Sri Rupa and Sanatana. So this is amazing if you think about it. And that's why Srila Prabhupada's books are so powerful. If you consider the potency of an author, the author's potency can be evaluated by how many people his or her writings are helping and how deeply are they helping. 
how wide are they being helped and how deeply are they helping so when we see there are there having many philosophers many authors but shilaprabha's writings have profusely helped people widely as well as deeply generally something which goes wide may not necessarily go very deep it can spread around a message can spread around quite a bit but it may not be so deep so in case of shila propa it is both very wide as well as very deep in chaitanya charitamrita prasad kaviraj goswami says what's the use of a poet's poetry if it cannot pierce the heart of the reader and cause the head to spin he says what's the use of the poetry it has to pierce the heart and the man's head should spin then that poetry is good shila prabhu's writings are like that it actually pierces the heart when you start reading shila prabhu's book it actually pierces the heart and causes the head to spin and wake up in proper krishna consciousness wake up to the reality jeev jago that is shila prabhu's writings it is very clear it is very powerful i remember one devotee mentioning to me he his father was his, his father started reading shila prabhu's book he was telling oh this person is too heavy many people said the same thing this person is too heavy you know because it's touching the heart <laughs> you have all this materialistic desires and shila prabhu's writings are actually chopping cutting through the illusion and it is very necessary and bhaktivedanta maharaj his guru maharaj he also had this chopping technique prabhu they used to call it as chopping technique if they bring someone to preach to they would put in front of bhaktivedanta maharaj and he would cut all this material illusions and prabhupada and godfather they used to call this as chopping technique and prabhupada remembers that who some people some of his godfathers didn't want to bring new people in front of their guru because they thought that our guru maharaj is going to use the chopping technique so it may not help them so they were not very appreciative of that appreciative of that technique they couldn't see the purity behind that and prova says those who didn't appreciate that the approach of his guru maharaj they all fell down from the path all of them just it was just a matter of time and prova had the same technique but it was very piercing piercing technique it would go to the heart and change the heart <coughs> even now it is same thing prova called the same verse in of shrimad bhagavatam ोड a transcendental creation meant to bring about a revolution in the impious life of a misdirected civilization okay? we are talking about spiritual transcendental revolution in the hearts of impious civilization such transcendental literature even though irregularly composed are heard sung and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest so this is shilaprabhu's writing he can create such a revolution and now as a devotee it is our responsibility to read shila prabhu's books discuss shila prabhu's books distribute shila prabhu's books because he came to write these books and if he say yeah i don't have time to read shila prabhu's books does make any sense 
the whole purpose of Srila Prabhupada to come from the spiritual world to this material world and to go through the whole struggle is primary, primarily to write these books and from that books everything else comes, books are the basis so it is our responsibility as the disciples, as the followers to read the book, understand the book, apply in our life Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj when in, on the Vyas Puja occasion of Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj when he read that couplet from Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj said whatever he writes, publish it because they had this magazine Harmonist, the Harmonist the absolute sentient thou hast proved impersonal calamity thou hast moved so this was the, one of the the Sent the couplet from uh, Srila Prabhupada in the entire poem. Absolute sentient, thou hast proved. Impersonal calamity, that has moved. So, this was Prabhupada's writing. So, after reading this, Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj said, He has actually understood the essence of my teachings because he directly cut through impersonalism, the impersonal calamity. One is the God is a person, God is not impersonal. And impersonalism is a calamity. So he made these two points. God is a person and impersonalism is a calamity. So when Prabhupada wrote this, when he reading this, he said, he, he has actually understood the essence of my teachings. So whatever he writes, publish. So his godbrothers gave him the title as Kavi. He used to call him Kavi. Kavi means poet or a great person. Kavi has two meanings. One is a poet or a great personality. So even gopis are known as Kavi. So, great personalities, great devotees are also known as Kavi and they are poets. Similarly, Srila Prabhupada's God Brothers gave him another title that is Bhakti Vedanta. So, this is very important. That's why Srila Prabhupada is known as Bhakti Vedanta. And Srila Prabhupada's books are still preaching. It's so powerful, still preaching. It is preaching to who we are trying to practice and also to the new people. People read Srila Prabhupada books now also. Read Srila Prabhupada books and they start chanting Hare Krishna Mahamatra. Simply by reading Srila Prabhupada books without any other association people start practicing Krishna consciousness. Isn't it amazing? Now also. It happens. Recently, you know, we know two boys I was meeting with they first what they got? They got a copy of Bhagavad Gita. A copy of Bhagavad Gita. And he started reading this copy of Bhagavad Gita. And first time he said it doesn't make any sense to him. After first chapter, because first chapter is all names and storyline. Didn't make any sense. After some time, he again took Bhagavad Gita and read the entire book. And this time it made complete sense. And after that, he was trying to understand who is this Srila Prabhupada, browsing and trying to understand who is this Srila Prabhupada, what are his further teaching, what do we have to do. He picked up chanting, at least doing some chanting. He even came up to the level of without meeting devotees, started offering bhoga to the Lord, set up on altar and started offering bhoga to the Lord. This is the potency of Srila Prabhupada's books. This is the amazing pastime of Achala Prabhu. Achala Prabhu, is a, I think his name is something else now, he's a sannyasi from Russia, I don't know his name, his previous name was Achala Prabhu. He was a general or something in, 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 the, in the Russian army and two of his subordinates 
They started Krishna consciousness. They started chanting. They started reading Shri Prabhupada's books. And this general was interested in yoga and meditation and he wanted to know something about it. So he knew his few couple of subordinates were into yoga and meditation. They called them up. So they were thinking this, they were devotees. They were practicing, but they were in the army, Russian army. They were thinking, okay, we are in trouble because <laughs> generally is calling us, so we are in trouble. So they went, anyway, they went, they asked, yeah, I heard that uh, you know about yoga meditation. I want to know more about it. Can you give us some books? So they gave him Bhagavad Gita and then asked, please give us a donation. <laughs> Help us to print these books. So they were proper book distributors. So they, they asked for money. And first of all, they were impressed that, you know, General was very impressed that, you know, they are bold, you know, they are giving book and after that asking money also. So he gave a donation and he took the book. And whenever they meet, they ask, this subordinate, they would ask this general, you know, did you read the book? So he hadn't yet read the book. So one time he thought, okay, they are asking so many times, actually I should read the book. So he took Bhagavad Gita, he started reading Bhagavad Gita, only the translation. So he read the entire Bhagavad Gita, only the translation. Then when they met, he said, okay, yeah, yeah, I read the book. Because now he can tell, yeah, I read the book. Then it went on for some time. After that, he had a dream. Still in army, he had a dream. In the dream, Srila Prabhupada appeared. Same person. He had never met Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada appeared in the dream and told him in Russian. It's an interesting thing. Srila Prabhupada spoke Russian <laughs> in the dream. And he told Achila Prabhu, it'll be good if you read the purports as well. <laughs> and he said, this is serious, you know. The author is personally coming in my dream and telling that to in Russian that, you know, please read my purports. Then he read all the purports. And he became a devotee. And he became a Sankirtan leader. And later a sannyasi. I don't know his sannyas name, but you know, such a transformation. Achala means fixed. He was so fixed. Chala means to change, you know, temporary. Achala, fixed. He was so fixed. He was the best book distributor, best Sankirtan leader, etc. He became so fixed. Like that. So that is Achala Prabhu. So it's amazing how Shila Prabhu is preaching. He preaches now what he preaches. By reading Srila Prabhupada's books, by serving him, he is helping us. He is present completely. Hmm? And so far, you know, if you talk about writings of Srila Prabhupada, so far, Srila Prabhupada wrote 22,000 pages on dictaphone. How many? 22,000 pages on dictaphone. And 60 volumes of book and 6,586 letters. Can you see how much word that written? Just think about it, you know, 22,000 pages on dictaphone, 60 volumes of book, 6,586 letters. I'll tell the significance of that in a few minutes. And 2,901 recorded lectures. And they, apart from other thousands of room conversations and morning walks. The significance of letters are, is that he managed the entire society through letters, through his writings. Many devotees used to say that we don't know how Srila Prabhupada is managing this entire society. Now, you know, management is a difficult task, first of all. And if you want to manage, you know, hundreds of temples around the world and thousands of followers, it is not an easy task. There is no email, there is no, you know, you can publish on the website. There is nothing is there. How can you do that? 
Prabhupada used to do that by writing his letters. He used to dictate letters and his secretary used to type and send it to various tables. So they would send these other problems. So he used to have time, a few hours dedicated to do this purpose. So the devotees would read out the letter, Prabhupada would give the answer and it would be posted. So this was a routine every single day. Prabhupada was so regulated. Sleeping certain hours, getting up, everything so regulated. So this is by writing his letters, he managed the entire society with the managerial issues as well as personal issues. So if you read the letters of different devotees, many, many were just personal issues. I have this problem, I have the other problem, I have this, I have, and Prabhupada used to reflect all those letters. It's amazing, he used to manage the entire society just by his writing. Now we think it is so nice to be with Srila Prabhupada. Like we all think like that, right? We all dream, isn't it? It will be so wonderful to be with Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada is personally present, you know, if you get association, and it's so wonderful. But devotees say it is very wonderful, it's very nectarian, but it's very demanding too. It's not so easy. Because a devotee, a pure devotee, he wants to push this movement, he wants to spread the glories of the Lord everywhere. So, he himself pushes so hard and he will push others also. One time, uh, Ravindra Sri Prabhu, one of the leading disciples of Srila Prabhupada, he was mentioning, he was distributing books in the street and all the devotees, they were working so hard. Morning till night, they were distributing books. So, one person, he was observing these devotees. You know, they are working so hard. So, this devotee, so it's not a devotee, he's a, just an outside person. He approached Devendra Sri Prabhu and told, You are just being exploited. You are working so hard. So, whoever you are serving, he is simply exploiting you. You don't have such a fancy clothes, you don't have any money, you are not paid for, you are just simply being brainwashed and you are just working too hard. At the same time, whoever is engaging you in this work, he is simply enjoying. He's not doing anything, you know, you're just being exploited. Then Devinder Surabhuri said, I started, when I heard this, I started thinking, you know, whatever work I'm doing, this is nothing in front of what Srila Prabhupada is doing now. He's in such an old age, but how much work he's doing, how many few hours he's sleeping, that is much, much more than in my 20s, whatever I'm doing. So, you know, Ravindra Sri Prabhu, he could directly see, you know, the fallacy in the statement. So, this is Srila Prabhupada, so it's not so easy. And a classic example of this is Chaitanya Charitamrita Marathon. How many of you haven't heard about Chaitanya Charitamrita Marathon? Okay, there are a few people who haven't heard. Anyway, we'll describe it. This story is even if you have here hundreds of times, it's not still not boring. <laughs> So it was a morning walk conversation in Los Angeles. Why it happened? Srila Prabhupada was very concerned about his books because he had already finished Chaitanya Charitamrita and it, no work has actually been started about Chaitanya Charitamrita and uh, Bhagavatam he had already finished four cantos, four cantos published but he already completed work for fifth canto. So now he was concerned about, the, about his followers. Are they going to really publish the entire Chaitanya And Bhagavatam is also, fifth canto is already ready, it's not being published. So he was very much concerned. We can understand why he is concerned because his whole mission is to 
write books and publish, and after publishing only it can be distributed. But Prabhupada has his commitment to the Panampara and to Krishna. So now his disciples, they have to play the game on the higher level. They cannot just, you know, <laughs> be, you know, last thing, you know, lackluster. You know, they had to really do it. So in the conversation Prabhupada asked, we did he asked Amisha Prabhu, who was in charge. So in the mini speech, he asked. So there are 17 volumes unpublished. And this is a great problem for our movement. So there are 17 volumes to be published now. And if it's not, it's not published, it's going to be a great problem for the movement. So ask Amisha Prabhu, uh, when can they be published? So Amisha Prabhu said, okay, we will speed up the process and we can do it as soon as possible. But we need a, our managerial meeting. After the meeting, we will come and we will tell you when we can, how fast we can publish this entire series of books. So they had the meeting and after the meeting, next day came, the Prabhupada asked, when can it be published? He said, we, we are really going to make it fast. We are going to print these books, one, one book, one volume of book every month. So 17 books means 17 months, the entire series will be completed. It's very fast. Because currently, I think any every three or four months, one volume has been published. So making the speed about 14, four times. Now, what did Prabhupada say? Get everything done in? How many months? Three months. Three months. Yeah. One month. Two months. Two months. <laughs> okay. Seventeen months. Right? Prova said, I think they can be printed in two months. How is that? So, not one volume. The entire series of books, Prova said, it has to be printed in two months. Ambassador Prova said, it is impossible. What did Prova say? Impossible is a word in fool's dictionary. <laughs> so Prabhupada, he is not going to watch, he is not going to do anything. He said, this has to be printed in two months. And Damesh Prabhu didn't have any choice. As an obedient disciple, he had to say, yes Prabhupada, we will do it. <laughs> now, so, you know, so many volumes of book in two months. How is it practically possible? Because book publication is so difficult. It's written, now it has to be proofread, there is copy editing. Then Prabhupada was very demanding, there has to be plenty of artworks in the books, <laughs> paintings, you know, it's not a photograph. Now we can go around and click some photos, some other books probably you can click and you can put everything together. Now this has to be artwork. So he wanted a lot of paintings in the books and everything has to be ready before Vyas Puja of Srila Prabhupada. Like today, so Vyas Puja. Similarly, Vyas Puja. So there are two months before Vyas Puja. Before Vyas Puja, everything has to be ready. So this is the instruction. And you know, if a guru is giving an instruction, we are duty bound. A disciple is bound by that instruction. So the devotees were feeling, what can we do now? If we don't fulfill this instruction, we are going to go away from the parampara. We are going to disgrace the spiritual master. It's a question of spiritual survival. We have to do something. Then the Chaitanya Charitamrita marathon work started. 
in terms of artwork, one artist would paint for few hours, maybe six hours or eight hours, complete a painting to some degree, and then the next artist would come. From that point, that artist would start. Twenty-four hours, the work was going on, and the devotees they had fourteen, fifteen hours they used to work. Proofreading, fourteen, fifteen hours reading Chilapurva's books. Can you imagine? And editing, and there shouldn't be any mistakes. They were working like that, and finally, the day and night shift around the clock to publish these books. And they were making progress. Okay, the first volume is coming, the next volume is coming. They were making progress, and finally, they completed printing. So they got a special copy for Shri Prabhupada. It has golden design and <laughs> golden pages, side everything gold and decorated. So they had the whole thing. And one devotee who was in charge. He flew to India to give this the whole set as the Vyas Puja gift to Shri Prabhupada. So he somehow or other came to Vrindavan and got there. And when he reached the Vyas Puja. Has already finished now. The celebration finished, and Prabhupada has gone to his quarters. And he was thinking, you know, now something profound is going to happen. Maybe the demigods are going to throw the flowers from the sky to the pole. There is going to be celestial singing. He was thinking, you know, because we have achieved something which is impossible. And they approached Shri Prabhupada and gave the whole series, the set of books to Shri Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, "It is late. <laughs> <laughs> My instruction was." Before Vyas Puja, now Vyas Puja celebration has finished. Now you came after that. Because when you are late, okay, still I accept it's good, but not up to the mark. Then, of course, Shilap was very merciful. He wrote a letter to the entire team. Whoever has participated in this marathon work, they will go back home, back to Godhead in the same lifetime. So this is the blessing that Shilap gave. The letter written. Everyone got that blessing. Who all participated? The Prabhupada was testing him even to the last degree. So the Prabhupada is not so easy. Even with book distribution, one temple would do so many books, thousands and thousands and thousands of books. What was the record in three days? Fifteen thousand books, right? L.A. They did something like fifteen thousand books in three days. Big. And then Prabhupada's instruction was always double it. Next year, double it. Whatever you do, just double it. So double it means you can work hard and do something. And next year you have to double it. It's not so easy. Initially, maybe easy. After some time, it's exponential growth. It's not so easy. So that was all the pushing, so that Krishna's name is spread all over the world. So that the conditioned beings are getting help. So it is not not for himself. Prabhupada never put himself in the forefront. Prabhupada never he did that. That's why he was so happy to be in this moment to be known as Hare Krishna moment, not by his name. He didn't want many other missions. If you see the the founder's name, you can see part of the mission. The name itself is the founder's name. Prabhupada never wanted that. Prabhupada never wanted to glorify himself. He was always glorifying Krishna. Then his his followers they realized we have to glorify Shri Prabhupada. Of course, we are propagating Hare Krishna Mahamantra. But we had to glorify Shila Prabhupada also. That's how they're spreading Shila Prabhupada's glories as well. So important. 
for our society, ISKCON society, even after departure of Srila Prabhupada, still it is flourishing. This is different between many other societies and ISKCON. Many societies, after the founder leaves this planet, then go through such a hard time and eventually the society can crumble and become, you know, namesake only. However, with Prabhupada, even though initially the society had to go through different kinds of chaos, different kinds of problems, still, even though there were individual failures, ISKCON has always been a collective success. This is very important point to be noted. There have been many, many individual failures, but collectively, ISKCON has always been a success. Compared to even governments, different organizations, they, even the many swamis, many sannyasis, they were able to keep up their vows. They, they remained as celibate throughout their life. They keep up, kept up their relentless order of life. Still, collectively, they couldn't achieve much. In probably Iskon had troubles, but still, collectively, Iskon remained a success. And now, also, it is flourishing. That's why I was reading the uh, statistics, this is from 2015, it's four years old, but still it gives us an idea. Shilaprava left Vrindavan, India with 40 rupees, equivalent of 7 US dollars. So it is August 13, 1965. And this is 2015 statistics, it's after 50 years later, what happened? 602 temples throughout the world. So that actually shows. So over 108 temples, and now 605 temples, how Srila Prabhupada's mission is flourishing even after his departure because of his teaching, because of his training. 65 farm and eco villages, 54 educational institutions, 110 Hare Krishna restaurants throughout the world, 75,000 initiated devotees, now probably it will be close to 80,000, <laughs> this is four years back. And, uh, about 7 million guests are coming to our centers on a, on a yearly basis and 2,000 home programs and 516 million books have been distributed so far. 15-50 years time, 516 million books have been distributed. That is a big number, we can go further. And actually in terms of prasadam, it's mentioned 3 billion plates of prasadam have been distributed so far. 3 billion. How is that? 3 billion. It's a big number. <laughs> so this is how uh, Srila Prabhupada is still preaching. Srila Prabhupada is still preaching and his mission is still flourishing because of Prabhupada has given the knowledge. He has given the formula. So if we follow that, we can make progress. He is the greatest missionary. It's not now, even for the future, he's the greatest visionary. In his, you know, how many aims are there for his con? Seven aims. In those seven aims of his con, he covered everything. Whatever we are doing in Krishna consciousness, whatever we have done in Krishna consciousness, what we will do in the future in Krishna consciousness, they are all covered in the seven aims of his con. And Prabhupada is such a visionary that Prabhupada wanted farm communities. Prabhupada wanted farm communities, right? <laughs> in the, in the beginning, not necessarily in the beginning. 
but he emphasized so much, at least towards the end, so much he emphasized the farm communities towards the middle and towards the end. The reason is, he could actually see that we need sustainable societies. Now, if we see ourselves now, what's happening in this world, if we have sustainable farm communities, it is such a big preaching, isn't it? Now, people are into this kind of stuff. If we have a model where we have sustainable farm societies, people will just come and visit. We don't, want, we don't have to go to people, people come and visit. That's the reality. Hunger, if you see, it's not 100% sustainable, of course. But still, you know, thousands and thousands of people are visiting. Many scholars, many professors, they come and visit the hungry farm. In India, if you see the Eco Village, it has won many awards. Because people want to see the practical application of the philosophy that can help the masses, the farm communities which are self-sustainable, growing own food, living there, and you know, just be there. And you have everything is provided. One has simple living and high thinking. We took time. We are not yet there in developing such, such communities, but still we are in the attempt to do so. But Prabhupada is such a visionary, he could see that in the past. So, had we followed that, that time in a serious fashion, then, actually speaking, where would we really, we would be taught in terms of influencing the entire society. So this is the reality, this is the mission of the Prabhupada. Prabhupada could see everything very clearly. Even if the chanting party, Harinam Sankirtan, I'll tell you one incident happened just a few weeks back. One of our devotees, I have heard this before also, one of our devotees, Yadadev Prabhu, who is, you know, who is very enthusiastic about Harinam Sankirtan. He is doing his studies in Melbourne University. So, he, he told you the amazing story. His uh, professor, one of the, I think, social psychology, he told him, he showed a video, or he made a statement. Did he show a video? First he made a statement, then he showed a picture, then he showed a video. You see this? First he, about what? About the Harinam party. Yeah. Made a statement, then showed the picture and showed the video. And he made the statement that this is the best way of marketing. There is, there is chanting, there is dancing, they are distributing literature, they are distributing prasadam, food. And in that way, these people, they, they, you know, he is from America, he didn't know much about the devotees. These people, they are attracting people and they catch them and after that they are getting shaved and they are joining. <laughs> they said, this is the best way of marketing. According to psychological studies, this is the best marketing. Just a month ago, this professor, he had a whole presentation about Harinam Party. I have heard this similar kind of statement, some happened in America also. You know, best marketing, who is giving, Srila Prabhupada has given the best marketing. He's a visionary. No need to change many things, of course. We had use of intelligence, how to spread the movement, but at the same time, you could see, he gave this. Yoga, meditation, it is, you know, such a common thing now, everywhere. Right? Even on your watch, you can see the yoga meditation. So, Prabhupada started out, started it out, vegetarian food. Started by Prabhupada, basically speaking. Spread. You know, we know that, uh, that article when uh, Crosses was sold to the new owners three years back, you remember? There was a newspaper article in, in which the, one of the initial sentences was very interesting. The Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna people who uh, trained us how to eat vegetarian food. That is a statement in the article. It is a reality. 
if we see such a so many people are vegetarian it's because of process for the proper such a reality that right? you know from so many so many years this reality the proper is a missionary and it is just a matter of time to come we see the glory of shiva proper more and more when we are very close to something it is very difficult to appreciate if we are too close to a mountain we cannot be too close to a mountain we cannot really see the height and the breadth of the mountain we will be just caught up in a few areas a few region that's what we can see but as you go away from the mountain you can see how big the mountain is how wide it is how tall it is that's the chilla profile it is just a matter of time to come we'll see the glory of chilla profile more and more so this is a reality that is the one who is driving it out his time is going so just a final statement what's our service to shila propa that is our question the reality is whatever service we are doing to shila propa it is glorification of shila propa say for example if you are distributing one book a one book point okay we say it's a one book point it is that one book point is actually shila propa's book point can you see that if you do 10 books that is adding to shila propa's book point so we come in front of shila propas we can come in front of the deities we read out our book score how many prayers of prasad are distributed what's the lakshmi kana collected etc we are reading in front of shila propas similarly all entire society whatever we are distributing it is shila propas is actually giving to the parampara the acharya sang krishna he is a spiritual master so if we whatever we do the parampara is appreciating it's a glory to shila propas can you see So our all our scores are included in Shila Prabhu's scores. <laughs> he is reading to the parampara. He is reading to Krishna, and the entire parampara is pleased with Shila Prabhu. So if you do distribute one book, if you distribute some prasadam, if you do some service, Shila Prabhu is pleased, and all the parampara is pleased. And ultimately, we have to take this opportunity to serve Shila Prabhu and also to purify our heart. The purpose is we have to purify our heart. we had a developed devotion for the lord then shila prabhu this most priest all the services everything ultimately we had to purify others we had to purify ourselves also very important like one time devotees asked shila prabhu what's the best service some people said book distribution is the best service somebody some devotee said no no cooking for krishna that's the best service some devotee said no deity worship dressing the deity is the best service no harinam sankirtan the best service you know managing the temple that's the best service making the devotees that is the best service so different devotees they they wanted to tell whatever they are doing that is the best service and many devotees thought okay prabhu is now going to tell book distribution is going to the best service so the book distributors are waiting to hear that best service is book distribution you know what prabhu said now he said he said whoever whoever loves krishna the most is the best devotee is that it can be through any service whoever loves krishna the most is the best probably you know you know see the purity of the devotee <laughs> services are there he glorifies he pushes but at the same time he understand what's the essence everything to deepen our connection to our guru shila prabhupada and krishna that is the whole purpose so we need we need to come to that point and for that we have to glorify shila prabhupada we take help from shila prabhupada books we distribute shila prabhupada books we serve the mission we dedicate our lives 
That is the whole thing. And this we need to try sincerely. That sincere attempt is that what is required. And that is our responsibility. Sincerity is our responsibility. You cannot ask the spiritual master and Prabhupada, you know, make me sincere. Actually, sincerity is our responsibility. Sincerity is not Guru's responsibility. One devotee wrote to his spiritual master. It's a real incident. Wrote to spiritual master. <laughs> you know, a lot of give me blessing, give me other things. Finally, give me ble- blessings and, you know, so that I can become sincere. The, he responded to everything. Finally, he wrote, do you think whose responsibility it is? This, to be sincere. Is it my responsibility or your responsibility? To be sincere is our responsibility. We cannot ask him about Then I, That is so that we had to do. So this is a day for that commitment. How can we improve ourselves in our sadhana, in our seva, in our relation with the devotees, etc. How we can do that? This is a day for contemplation. And where are we going? What can we do? How can we please to the Prabhupada? We need to think deeply. Because we know the challenges what we face in our personal practices and also in our services. And we can see where we have to be. So this is a time to actually think about it. And I will tell one pastime about Prabhupada here in our temple. So this is, I want to make one point that there is no difference between Shiva Prabhupada as the person and the murti. Just like Krishna and Krishna's murti are non-different. Similarly, Shila Prabhupada and Shila Prabhupada's murti are non-different. The reason is, Srila Prabhupada is carrying the potency of Lord Nityananda, Lord Balaram, Adi Guru. Since the Guru is carrying, the Guru is actually the representative of Lord Nityananda, Lord Balaram. So since they have that potency, the Lord is empowering, so the Murti and the person are non-different. So this is a story of a devotee who was a book distributor here in this temple. He used to distribute, he an amazing book distributor, he used to distribute lot, lot of books, plenty of books, you know, top distributor, lot of books he used to distribute. And that was the time we had difficulty in finding people to dress Srila Prabhupada. That's how I started dressing Srila Prabhupada, because there was a shortage of dresses. Now, there are too many dresses for Srila Prabhupada, actually, everyone gets only one day, and many people come and ask, you know, can we get a day, so can, we, can we get trained up? to dress Srila Prabhupada. So, you know, seven days, there are seven dresses for Srila Prabhupada. So that time it was a little bit more difficult, some devotees wouldn't come, it was a bit upside down. And, uh, so, devotees requested this book distributor, he knew how to dress Srila Prabhupada, requested Shila, uh, this devotee, can you please dress Srila Prabhupada, because there is no one to dress Srila Prabhupada. So this, this devotee refused to do that. Unfortunately, he refused to do that. He didn't, he said, no, no, I, I won't dress I won't dress Shila Prabhupada. And then somehow or other they managed. And this devotee is a big distributor. He went out on Sankirtan. He tried everything. He couldn't distribute even one book. Can you imagine? This is, we are so dependent on Guru's mercy, Shila Prabhupada's mercy, Krishna's mercy. He couldn't distribute even one book. He came back and he told, this is what happened. Can you see? This is the real. The person is there. We need a blessing. It is not happening, you know, just accidentally going, books are going. Yes, there's a mercy is there. And if we disconnect ourselves from the parampara, then there's no mercy, just like this electricity. If we disconnect, then there's no power. Simple. Like that. So, this is a day to connect 
to the power source, to the parampara, to Krishna. Such an important day. So let's look into ourselves. Let's meditate on Srila Prabhupada. Let's take it as an opportunity to commit ourselves to this mission. And let's plan for the future. Plan for Krishna. There's a perverse instruction. He said, if you want to be peaceful, there's only way you can be peaceful. Planning. A preacher is thinking, how can we expand the moment? He said, if one is thinking about that, then one can be peaceful. Because then there's no time for that. There's no space for nonsense. There's no space for anxiety. Take up the Krishna anxiety, then the material anxieties are gone. We will have some anxiety. There is only one price for Krishna consciousness. What is that? Lavalyam. It's a greed and anxiety. That's it. If we are ready to take the Krishna anxiety, Bhakti Thakur says, wherever you want to go, wherever you can get the Krishna anxiety, go and purchase. If you can get service for Krishna, just take it up and do it. So that is the instruction. So, let us pray to Srila Prabhupada so that we can continue in our devotional service, we can make progress, we can attract more people and we can go collectively as a society. So I stop here and see if there are any questions or comments or corrections. Yes? Okay. Okay, so uh, Bruce asking uh, two questions. Question number one, you spoke about how intense the Prabhupada's routine was and how he expected his disciples to work equally hard. Now keeping in mind that then the purpose was to establish a society, but now we have a lot to maintain and we might not grow in the same exponential way. So what are the measurements for us to see if we are working at the level of Prabhupada's expectations? Okay, the question is, Prabhupada pushed himself and he equally pushed others. And that's how the society expanded during Prabhupada's time and after. And now we have two tasks. One is maintenance and preaching, expanding. So how can we do that efficiently to please Srila Prabhupada? So here, there is no answer to this question. There is no formula. Okay, here take this answer and you can do it. Both are important. Both maintenance and expansion, both are important. And that's why we had to tax our brains. The answer is tax our brains. It is our, all of our responsibility. We, have, we need to think. We need to understand both are important. If one cannot just take over and other not done properly. It's not possible. So we have to ask our brains how we can do it. So there is no answer. One answer to this. One is both have to be emphasized and we have really need to think how it is possible. Pray to Krishna. Try. Be ready for failures. First try. Be ready for failures. In our given circumstances. Try different things. That's it. Then we see how sincere we are, what Shri Prabhupada wants, Krishna wants. We can see Krishna will reciprocate. There is no doubt about it. So the answer is try within our limited capacity. But keep trying. Let there be failures, no problem, keep trying. That is the beginning of the class. Prabhupada kept trying in India in so many different ways, just in India. Let's try. Giving ad in newspapers. 
couple of times that too, having very little money. So let's try. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. We have one more question. So Shiva Prabhupada sadhana was so deep. How can we go so deep in our sadhana? Okay. Uh, Prabhupada's sadhana was deep, of course. A pure devotee, with Krishna all the time. Just like he told the the subway conductor when he didn't have any home, he was just went out, was in the park in the freezing cold. One thing he said, he, he was he seeing the cloth and the, the, the situation of Prabhupada, the subway conductor told, you know, um, you know, I have he was thinking, you know, I am a subway conductor, he introduced him, I am a subway conductor, who are you like that? And Prabhupada said, I have temples, I have money, I have books, only time is separating. Then the subject, subway conductor asked, are you alone in the city? What did Prabhupada say? He pulled out the beads and said, no, I am never alone. Can you see? He is already the body name, means he is always Krishna and he is experiencing as the reality. So this is Prabhupada's level of sadhana. We need to understand, he is just chanting, he is with Krishna. Now, that is the perfection. For us, still we can be sincere to our sadhana. We can try our best to hear the holy name. That's essential when it comes to our personal chanting. Knowing about Krishna and chanting his names and hearing his names. That's the sadhana. That's how we develop. So that's why we have morning program, we have Mangalarati, we have chanting time. So this is the sadhana. This is the sadhana program. Make sense? Yeah, we had to go through the sadhana program before becoming a siddha. We will not be able to chant on the siddha level now. First is sadhana. Practice. Day in and day out. Prova said, I practiced. He said, I practiced in another occasion. This is siddha, but he said, I practiced. For fear of chanting, I practiced, he said. I practiced, yes. Okay, any other question or any comments? Okay. Shila Prabhupada ki Jai 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 Jai